Hello and welcome to the Beyond the Mirror podcast. This is Addie Sano. Um, I am your host for today's podcast. Today we'll be talking with Chloe about her experience with residential therapy for an eating disorder um, and how her eating disorder evolved over time and other things that um, she continues to struggle with and how she gets through it now. So stay tuned. Oh, but this is Chloe, everyone. So Chloe, I'm going to turn the time over to you. Go ahead and share your story. Okay. Um, hi. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. I guess um, it all started when I was born. Um, <laughs> yeah, nothing at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think um, kind of when I started to notice my brain wasn't working, um, was about uh, junior year, um, I guess kind of the end of sophomore year, the beginning of junior year, um, I just had a really, really mean boyfriend. Um, oh, dang it. Yeah, and he was like my first like official boyfriend, um, and it all just kind of happened really quickly. Like we met on Thursday, and then he got my number, and then he kissed me on Monday, um, and I was barely 16. Um, and it was like Valentine's Day. And so it was all like flowers and super cutesy stuff. And we met in seminary. And so I was like, well, this can't be bad. <laughs> um, yeah. This, this is the Lord's way. Um, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it just happened really fast. And um, and it started to get really bad really fast. Um, and um he was, he was a senior and I was a sophomore. Um, and my brother was a senior Okay. and he, I mean, they weren't friends. They, if they knew each other, they've hated each other. Um, but like my brother knew of him, um, and did not like him at all. And kind of thought that it was like a joke gotcha. that I would be dating him. Um, especially just cause like, we didn't have anything in common. Um, and really like, I was just like young and excited about things and he was interesting and sort of handsome um and so I um didn't really care that we didn't like any of the same things and didn't care about any of the same things um I just kind of thought that's how it was and so um I didn't really have a lot of family support um just because I didn't really want to talk about him my brother was like this guy's a loser yeah, I don't know if you're hanging out with them. I didn't really talk to my parents about it because that was weird because I was just barely dating. I'm like, I don't want my parents to know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, when it started to get kind of scary, um, you know, crossing a lot of like sexual boundaries that I didn't know that I had, let alone how to like put them in place. Um, I've since also realized that I'm very much asexual. Yeah. Um, and so not only was I like uncomfortable with like boundaries that had been set in place from like going to church, but I was also like, I don't even like this. This doesn't even feel good. I don't yeah. want to be doing this like physically. This isn't like a, I'm trying to talk myself out of this because I want to be righteous, but like this is yucky. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was just really, really insistent on it. Um, and he had a an addiction to pornography mm. um, and just kind of expected me to be okay 
with everything. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of just lost my voice in a lot of ways. Like um, he would just do really like inappropriate things like in public and around his friends and around his family. Um, and if I like pointed it out, he would like get angry at me. Um, like he, you know, he didn't want anybody to notice. And so me speaking up about it was like putting him at risk of getting caught. Um, yeah. So I just had to keep my mouth shut. Um, eventually at the end of the summer, so we started dating in February. At the end of that summer, um, he left on his mission um, and came back from the MTC after three days because um, his his addiction was so bad that he couldn't couldn't deal. Um, and so when he came home, it was pretty obvious, like, okay, we're not, we're not going to speak like this is, you need to work on you. And I'm going to go into a new year. And I was already like mentally preparing for you to be gone. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a lot right now. Um, and like my parents were, were really like nice and helpful. Um, oh, sorry. You're good. Um, I'm going to, my mom's calling me. (laughs) I will tell her I'm busy. Okay. Um, so sorry about that. Um, but um, yeah, so they were, they were really supportive and his parents were really sweet to me too. Like, know that this isn't your fault. Like we were not mad at you. We don't think anything bad about you. This is just something that like, we need space and time to figure out. Yeah. Um, and I I was trying to to go along with that you know like obviously I wanted to talk to him um I thought I loved him I didn't know what that was but I thought so um and um but he he did not want to listen to to our parents which makes sense he's 18 but um yeah so he would like get on his friend's phones and call me um he would like get burner phones and call me Um, yeah because like his parents were going through his phone like looking at his history to make sure he wasn't you know looking at porn Mm -hmm. um and then also they didn't want him talking to me yeah Um, and like at one point I went on a vacation with my sister to Hawaii okay um, and I I lost I left my phone on the plane okay um, on the way there and so I didn't have a phone the whole time um, so he got my sister's phone number and was blowing up my sister's phone the entire trip, just like calling in the middle of the night, like making sure that I'm not doing anything or talking to anybody in some way or like making sure that I wasn't wearing like clothes that were too revealing. Um, oh, just like keeping tabs on me all the time. And my sister was like, I'm going to kill this kid. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, I am sorry. <laughs> I don't know what to do. This is just kind of how he is. Yeah. And so once the school year started, um, he started coming to football games at the high school because um, I, I couldn't drive. Um, yeah. And so that was kind of the only time we could meet up with each other. Um, and um, he would... Yeah, he would come and see me there and then just kind of take me away from everyone and do things that I didn't want to do. Um, just just a lot of that. It was kind of constant. Um, yeah. 
we would even go like um like harass his ex-girlfriends oh yeah it like I would I would be in the in the passenger seat and he'd be driving and he would tell me to put my head down while we like drove past like where she worked interesting weird stuff (laughs) um and just super like icky um and then he would like text her after that um and they would do things um that I found out about later um so yeah it was just really like in my face that he did not actually care about me at all as a person yeah Um, and so um eventually he moved up to like live with his aunt and uncle um and up in like Idaho to kind of get away from like home I guess he was kind of being like awful to his family and yeah you know he he was going through a lot like I don't really blame it but they kind of just were like okay you're either gonna like get your shit together or you're gonna yeah go away so he went away um and so he would he would always call me while I was at school um and you know I was trying to be in class and pay attention and not be on my phone all the time but if I didn't answer back within like a few seconds really um there was like a five minute window where he was like okay um but then if I didn't text him within that time he would start calling me and calling me and calling me and calling me until I you know would get up and say sorry I have to go to the bathroom and I would go outside um and he would just scream at me for like for like an hour um just like it it was kind of crying like it he was trying to like seem hurt and angry um and and it was just always my fault yeah Um, you know because he was like well if you're not texting me then you're texting somebody else or you're making out with somebody else or you're whatever he wanted to blame me for at the time um or like he would have me you know if while he was gone he used to come like watch me like go into school to make sure that I wasn't wearing like pants that were too tight or anything oh my Um, and then he would like get mad at me if if I was um and so he would like ask me what I'm wearing and who I'm talking to and like he would take up all of my time at lunch so I didn't eat during lunch um because I just had to be on the phone with him um and then um kind of once he stopped screaming at me um he would this this was kind of a daily occurrence um but like once he stopped screaming at me he would say that he had gotten a blowjob from some girl at his work or something like that um just always something along those lines and then he would start getting really sad and saying that he feels so bad and like he understands if I want to break up um but like he you know he's not going to do it again and he wants to be better so either like we would break up and like end up saying okay we can be done or I would say like okay it's fine like I'm not mad I understand it's okay um like because I just didn't have any sense of security or boundaries oh my gosh I was a very young person (laughs) um and so um either way like I would go like if we did break up I would go into the bathroom to kind of like 
wash my face. You know, my eyes were all puffy from crying. And um, before I was like even able to leave the bathroom, um, he would just give me this really long apology text of like, I'm so sorry. Like I, I love you more than anything and I want this to work and I'll do anything to make this be okay. Yeah. And so we would get back together by the time I got back into class. And it just happened every single day for the first like three months of my junior year. Um, eventually I, I started hanging out, um, with just a, a friend. It ended up being something more later, but that wasn't a huge deal. But, um, I, I would kind of talk to him and like, you know, we would try to make plans and I'd say, oh no, my boyfriend says I can't do that. And my friend was like, okay, red flag. <laughs> like your boyfriend, he can't say what you can and can't do. Like, you don't have to ask for his permission to go like get a bagel with your friend yeah. and I was like eh, no I do um and at that point he had like started threatening to kill himself <laughs> if I stopped talking to him or if I broke up with him or if I started seeing anybody else um and so at one point this friend and I were hanging out at my house um and and my boyfriend was just on one of these things um yeah. he was saying that he was you know, especially because I was hanging out with a boy at my house. Yeah. And so he, he, I remember he said that like he was in his car, like right in front of the edge of a cliff. And if I like didn't tell the boy to leave or do, do something, whatever he wanted, then he was just going to accelerate forward. Um, and oh so I like, yeah. So I showed my friend these texts and he's like, okay, so you're going to call the police. Like, this is not a 16-year-old girl problem. This is a law enforcement problem. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, I can I do that? <laughs> like, I can get somebody else involved and they can help me. And this kid was yeah. like, yes, please do that. Um, and so I didn't end up calling the police, but I told my boyfriend, like, I'm, I'm going to call the police. Like, if you're actually going to kill yourself, then, like, I have to get the police involved. And so he you know, called me and told me that he was fine and he wasn't going to do it. And um, eventually I was just like, I don't even remember if it was that day or how, how it really happened. But eventually I was just like, yeah, we got to, we got to be done. Like I'm, I'm over this. I can't handle this anymore. Yeah. So um, I mean, really kind of long intro there, but that was basically like my first exposure to romance. Yeah, And so every other like dating situation that I got into after that, I was like, oh, well, this is the way it works. And so like if people um, were nice to me, I got confused. <laughs> um, and then like I, I was just really drawn to the people who like wanted to take advantage of me or cross my boundaries or not listen to me or just treat me like I was worthless yeah. Um, because I was like, well, this is how it's supposed to be. So why would I want anything else? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I kind of I had some hard, hard things happen at the end of high school. Um, I don't really want to get super into that. Um, yeah. but um, like basically there was there was this girl that like I was already really jealous of. Like she was super pretty, super talented, super funny. Like made lots of friends. Yeah, um, and she was also really skinny. 
Um, and I, I found out, I mean, you know, she's, she's definitely eating disorder skinny. Yeah. Um, not that eating disorders have a look, but it's in, true. Yeah. In that situation, she definitely, you know, that's not the kind of skinny that people get naturally. Um, yeah. and so, um, you know, I had always kind of been drawn to eating disorders anytime that I had learned about them in health class or videos or whatever. I was like, that looks great. Um, but I could never do that. So I'm not going to worry about it. Um, but eventually like this girl, you know, I don't, I don't think it was intentional. I really don't have any bad feelings toward her, but I just like attached so much of my like identity to her because she was just kind of the better version of everything that I wanted. Um, and so she ended up, um, she ended up getting in a relationship with my ex-boyfriend, different boyfriend than the the bad one, but um, just this boy that I was still totally in love with. Um, and she got into art school and she, um, you know, she, she even cut her bangs to look like mine. And so I was like, okay, so you stole like my talent. You stole my boyfriend. You stole my hair. You stole like my, like all of the dreams for my life. And I can't do any of that. But what I can do is get real skinny. Yeah. Because like, if I can't have anything that you have, then like, I can have, I can have that. That's something that is in my control. Um, and so right after high school, I ended up getting in another abusive situationship. Um, he didn't want to date me because I wouldn't have sex with him. Um, and so like, there was a lot of emotional attachment, but when he got horny, he would go hang out with his friend. Um, and so like, while I was already really sensitive and sad, it was like, okay, so this guy too, like, this is just, this is just who I am. This is what matters about me is my sexual availability and whether or not people find me attractive, because if I'm not attractive, then I have nothing to offer. I'm not talented. I'm not smart. I'm not funny. I don't have any friends. Wow. Like I just have to be pretty and the only way to be pretty, you know, I can't change my face. I did not like my face. Um, but if I have an attractive body, then, then we're good to go. Um, and so it kind of, it was kind of a slow burn. Um, I, I ended up going vegan that summer, which is something that is really meaningful to me. Um, just like ethically, it was always kind of something that I wanted to do, but couldn't really figure out. And so for a couple months I was like, okay, I'm a vegan. Like I'm not really restricting, but like I'm eating in line with my morals and that works better for me. Um, but eventually, um, you know, I was working two jobs and I quit both of them at the end of the year to go to school. Um, and I had ended up, um, you know, just kind of in like losing my schedule and going to a totally new environment, trying to do college, which is so different from high school and not knowing anybody there. Um, and, you know, I would have to pack my own lunch every day and um, I just didn't want to keep doing that. And so I um, stopped eating a lot during that period. Um, and as a result, I started getting really tired um, and really kind of like I had a brain fog kick in pretty quick. Um, and so I stopped going to class. I didn't even like go online to drop out or withdraw or anything. I just kind of ghosted slick. <laughs> um, so 
that was like the beginning of 2018. And then um, by March, um, like and the entire year of 2018, I don't remember anything from March to December. Wow. Um, yeah, because I was just so out of it. Like I remember little things. Um, like I know that like that's when I first started seeing a doctor yeah. for my problem. She was like, you need to go to residential treatment. Yeah. This is kind of urgent. And I was like, you're full of shit. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I stopped going to that doctor. <laughs> right. And um, like I I took a little like solo trip up to Seattle um, to try and kind of get it together. But I just ended up um, not, not doing so well up there. Because um, at this point, I couldn't really maintain the level of restriction. And so I would go all day sleeping, really, so that I wasn't hungry. But then as soon as my family was asleep, I would get up and eat everything in the kitchen and then go downstairs and throw it all up. Um, and so that was happening every single day. I think maybe the longest I went during 2018 without binging and purging was like two days. Oh my goodness. And, and it was just constant. And so, um, yeah, I was still meeting with a therapist once a week and we kind of just had the same conversations over and over. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm not gonna try and get rid of this until I'm skinny. Cause that's going to solve all my problems. Yeah. And I just could not get it out of my head. I was like, there's no other solution mm-hmm. to what's going on than to get really skinny. Yeah. Um, and at that point I already was like an unhealthy weight. Um, but not where I wanted to be. And with the binging and purging, my weight loss had plateaued. Um, and so I was just getting really angry all the time, but I couldn't stop. Um, cause that's not really how it works yeah. when you have an eating disorder. It's not something you can say, Hey, enough. Um, exactly. yeah. And so, um, and so it was just a, a mess. Um, and by like the beginning of December, um, I kind of looked back on the year and was like, okay, so that sucked. <laughs> like nothing happened this year that I'm happy with, that I'm proud of, that feels good to me in any way whatsoever. Um, and so I, I guess if like, I'm either going to be stuck doing this for the rest of my life, or I'm going to go to treatment and let my parents sleep at night. <laughs> and so um, so I agreed at like the beginning of December to go to treatment, um, and, um, just kind of spent that whole month preparing and I went in, uh, the first week of January of 2019. Yeah. Um, and, um, I, it was a lot of ups and downs. Um, I was there the first time for three months. Well, I guess two from January to March. Um, and then I got out, this was like residential, um, and I can like definitely get into what that was like. Um, but I kind of lose track of what happened every time. Um, so the, the first time I was there January to March, and then I lived, um, in kind of a sort of an in-between house. Um, so I would go for day treatment, but I would sleep in, in this apartment on my own 
Um, and I think it was about like two, three weeks before the exact same behavior started coming back. Um, and I was just lying to my dietitian constantly. Um, I just, I didn't like her and I didn't want to listen to her and I didn't, I just didn't like her. So, um, I ended up switching dietitians because my roommate at the, at the halfway house, um, was like, Chloe, this is not what you want to do. Um, and like she and I would kind of get in eating disorder fights. Um, she, she and I were really, really close, but like when both of our eating disorders were really loud, um, she, we would just freak out on each other. Yeah. And then after we had like some time to cool down, we would both get together and like cuddle and be like, we can't do this. Yeah. Like, this is not, this isn't us. This isn't good for our relationship, for who we are as individuals. Yeah. This is just all bad. And so, um, I ended up switching dietitians and going back into treatment. Um, and so I was there from, I want to say June to August. Okay. Um, so another couple months, the second time. Um, and then eventually I, I went back to doing day programming, but I did it at a facility that was closer to my house. Yeah. Um, it was the same center for change. Um, they're based in Orem, um, but they also have a location in Cottonwood Heights and I live, I live around, around there. And so I could stay at my parents' house with them and go to day treatment in Cottonwood Heights. Um, and so that ended up working really well. And I stepped my way down and by the end of September, I discharged. Um, and so that was, that was kind of a party. I, I felt pretty good about it. Um, and then I, um, you know, I got a job during the summer at the Grand America Hotel downtown, um, which is like the hotel where yeah. like, that's where like, you know, like famous people stay if they have like a concert or like the president stays there if yeah. if he ever comes to Utah. Um, and so it was just really like bougie at a class um, job, which is not who I am as a person at all, but it was just really fun to be around that. Yeah. Um, and so I worked at the pool during the summer and then I worked at like the lobby cafe, making cute little lattes and giving people croissants. Um, and then um, eventually, they um, they moved me over to the buffet. Um, and I think you can kind of see where this is going. Yep. Um, just constant access to food. Um, and I really didn't have a whole lot to do. It was just like, you know, make sure that all of the trays are full and make sure that like nobody's getting salad all over everything. Like just kind of keep it looking nice. Say hi to people. Yeah. Um, and I, I did really like that job. Um, I got to meet people from all over. Um, you know, I had people come in from Turkey. I had people from like Poland and, and France and I speak French and got to talk to them and I felt really cool about myself. Um, and just kind of being around that like language and culture while also just being in my city. Yeah. Um, this was really cool for me, but eventually, um, the, you know, I would, I would go in at like 5 a.m. and leave at three and I never had a break. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't eat before and I wouldn't eat during and I wouldn't eat after for the first little bit. Um, yeah. 
And then eventually it started catching up with me. And so I was at work and the food smelled amazing. It was like really, you know, high class expensive food and just being around that all the time. And like during slow hours at the buffet, um, I would just eat everything and then, and then go into the, the bathroom and hope that nobody heard me, um, as I, as I tried to get it all up in enough time to go back and work without anybody noticing I was gone. Um, so it was just very like rushed, very high anxiety, um, super like just everything was bad. (laughs) And I like, didn't really tell anybody about it. Um, and I like, didn't trust any of my coworkers. Um, like I thought they were all great people, but it was like, I can't talk to you about, about this. And so, um, at that point I had, um, my, so my mom and I both have pretty bad depression. Um, and she, she had been doing ketamine infusions, um, just off of a, I don't remember where she like heard of it or started trying it, but it was working really well for her. Um, and so at the beginning of 2020, I started doing those, um, and kind of throughout that process, like I, I subconsciously processed a lot of my trauma from work, which was really cool because that would have been a lot. Um, but, um, since I was kind of processing that and I had like this cool guy I was dating at the time and like my family knew about what was going on a little bit more, like I was able to say, okay, this is definitely getting out of control. Um, I'm not happy. I don't feel good. Um, and so I went back to treatment March of 2020 and I did the exact same thing that I had done the year before, like treatment for a couple months, like residential for a couple months and then day treatment for a while back to residential day treatment discharge. Gotcha. Um, And so that I felt actually, no, I didn't, I didn't feel good leaving that time. It was mostly that like, I hated treatment so bad. Um, and like, I just thought all the therapists were like total wag jobs. Um, and like the food was getting really old. Like they just kind of served the same thing on a monthly rotation. And I'd been there for 10 months and I was just getting over it. Um, and I was just so sick of it. Like I would just go to treatment and be so, so angry. Um, and I don't handle anger. Well, I'm just not a very angry person. Um, and so I, I was just like, yeah, no, I'm super done with this. Yeah. And, and so when I, when I left treatment, this would have been January, 2021. Um, I was just sort of like, I'm done. Center for change sucks. Um, I never want to go anywhere near that place. I don't want to talk to anybody from center for change. I don't want to interact with anybody at all. Um, I just had a really hard breakup with this boyfriend. Um, and I just feel like an idiot and everything is bad. Um, and so I kind of just like spaced out from everything um, and went on a pretty, pretty significant, like self-destructive mm. rampage <laughs> almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I was, I was sleeping with so many strangers um, and like, I wasn't doing any major drugs. Um, I would yeah. get high, um, just like do smoke weed pretty often. Um, 
I would like sleep all the time um, and just like I just didn't really care about anything. I didn't bother getting a job. Yeah. Um, I I didn't get like a new therapist for a while. I didn't meet with a dietitian. I didn't meet with my um my like psychiatrist to get my meds in order. I was just like, fuck it. I I'm done. Um and so over the course of that summer um is when I you know, because the, the eating disorder behaviors evolve. Um, and so it's always kind of been a combination of things. Um, yeah. But 2021, that summer, um, it ended up being mostly restriction because at that point I had just really like given up. I was yeah. like, I, I don't care. Like I was super suicidal. Um, and I was like, well, obviously this binge purge thing isn't going to kill me. Um, and I can't like hang myself because my parents will be sad Um, and just really this totally apathetic really like sad and scary um, mindset Um, and I ended up um, getting pretty pretty scary unhealthy Um, like just the the lowest weight that I've been at since a very long time Um, and so but I like still wanted to lose more and I was working and I was kind of waiting for my coworkers to say something. Cause then, and then at that point I would be like, oh, okay, people are noticing that I need help. Um, but they didn't. And I think that's cause they were scared I was gonna die. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I don't know, I was, I was working and loving it and I was planning on going to school. Um, and I just didn't want treatment to get in the way. Um, but eventually like, um, you know, my, my mom started like waking up from nightmares that like she woke up and came in, you know, in these dreams, she would like come down to my room to wake me up and I'd be dead. Um, and like, I started sleeping in her bed cause she was scared that I would, cause I, I had a couple times like gotten out at night to self-harm or or bending curves or whatever and my body was just so sensitive and like fragile at this point that like even like behaviors that I'd done for a really long time were like I was at a lot higher risk of something really bad happening um and so um you know I had very much decided like I'm not going anywhere near Center for Change ever again but like maybe we can look around (laughs) um And so through like a really difficult and complicated process of like figuring out insurance and like what could be covered and what I qualified for and what I didn't, um, we ended up finding this treatment place down in Las Vegas okay, um, called Eden, um, which I do not recommend in any capacity whatsoever. Um, I think kind of the only reason that I haven't gone back to treatment since Eden is because it was so scary and horrible that I was like, no, like if I do that again, I'm going to die. Um, and so, I mean, I, I learned a lot and I was able to like follow a vegan diet there. And I think that's kind of what helped me the most was like understanding, you know, cause I had had just like the meanest dietitians at at center for change that were like, "Eh, yeah, like, no, you can't do vegan. 
Like you don't get to care about animals in the environment because like, you're never going to get enough nutrition and like, yeah. like it was just a mess. I yeah, such a mess. And so like, I just was never taken seriously about it until I went to Eden and I was like, wait, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, and so, so that felt really good and really validating. Um, and I met some of the coolest people ever, um, and had some, I did have some really good insights in like therapy sessions. Um, but as far as like Eden as a facility and the program, like, no, <laughs> it's a, it's a big yeah. bad no. Like I'm, I'm surprised that they're not like legally shut down. Oh, like it's a, it's a very dangerous place. That's, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. I, I wrote a whole like pretty long review on, there's like a residential treatment center review website. Yeah. Um, and I, I wrote a pretty hefty review that, um, it's probably worth a read. Um, good, yeah. I put a lot of detail into it, but yeah, so that, that place was a nightmare. Um, yeah. I really liked being in Vegas and like when I did day programming down there, I stayed in an Airbnb, yeah. um, and made some really cool friends. I went dancing a lot and like just hung out in Vegas and did all the Vegas things. Um, and I just totally loved it. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I came home from that really not any better, <laughs> but, yeah. um, but with a little more spunk, yeah. um, like the, the, like eating disorder thoughts were still there and the habits were still there to a degree. Yeah. Um, but I, I knew that I couldn't go back Yeah. just because I, I was so done and tired of treatment. Um, so yeah, that, it was just a, a mess and it, it ended up being good in that, like re- really kind of the main takeaway was like, so no one here is going to take care of me or keep me safe or healthy or happy or well at all. Um, like I, it, it was just a whole, a whole thing. I could give you a million examples of. Yeah all the things that they did wrong. Um, but kind of being there, I was like, okay, well, like, this is sort of my option. This is where I am. And so I can either like, you know, um, take advantage of the really terrible quality of care here. Um, and just let it make me sicker or I can figure out how to take care of myself. Yeah. Um, and so I, I did to an extent, um, it was kind of like the beginning of, um, so I got out in 20, like the December of 2021. Okay. Um, and so like at the beginning of 2022, I decided, um, that like, I was gonna, um, kind of make my own decisions about like how I eat and like um, you know, at this point I was like, I'm basically a dietitian. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm basically a therapist. Like I, I have been in some level of treatment for a combined two and a half years. Yeah. Uh, since 2019, um, maybe more, I haven't really done the math. I know I was in residential specifically for 18 months. Gotcha. Uh, and so I, I was, um, I kind of got, a not really a confidence boost in like myself. Like I still really hated myself, Um, but I was like, well, okay, but I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, And, 
And so it was still like a weird adjustment period. Um, and there, um, there, there was this really cool, cool boy. I, it's a bummer that like my life is kind of in phases of like who I was dating at the time. I understand. Um, it's all good. Yeah, but it just, it just is. Um, but there, there was just this super cool boy that had been interested in me since like before I went to Eden. Um, and so he kind of saw the, the like really scary things that like I had been doing to myself. Um, and so he, he was all team happy Chloe. Um, and, and just really liked me. (laughs) Um, he was just a total sweetheart. Um, and it kind of took me a while to figure out that like that's a good thing <laughs> to yeah. to have and and to look for because I you know I think I think it like I wasn't quite right in like establishing a relationship with him like I think I did just kind of need more time to like explore myself and like what I wanted out of life especially like being in well, out of treatment, I guess, sort of in recovery. Um, and so I, I don't think it was really fair, um, to him for me to say, okay, yeah, I'll be your girlfriend. Cause I, I kind of just didn't want to lose him in my life. Um, and it was, it kind of just became like, you know, like he, he would say like, I really like you and I really want to date you and be with you. But if you can't like, if you can't really commit to that, he was like, I don't really think that I can like emotionally handle just being friend zoned. Yeah. Um, like it was just kind of too much for him. Not that he was like pressuring me really, but he was, yeah. he to give me an ultimatum um, just to kind of protect himself. And I was like, okay, well, super selfishly. I was like, I, I don't think that I have like that emotional attachment to you. Like I really liked him. Um, yeah. And I cared about him a lot as a person, but I wasn't like in love with him like I should have been gotcha. to, in order to like step into a, a serious relationship. Yeah. Um, and so, so like the beginning of our, of our romance was not how I would have liked it to go. Yeah. Um, Cause I was just kind of out of it. And I, um, you know, was just really committed to, um, counting my calories um because mm. I had I had kind of decided on like an arbitrary number of calories that like um you know I had kind of gathered from you know like stupid internet resources of yeah. like based on my height and weight and age and gender like um how much should I be eating or like conversations I've had with dietitians or whatever like weird mix of things I landed on a number um and so I was like putting most of my focus into like, you know, weighing my food in like grams to make sure that like I'm counting exactly how many I'm supposed to have and yeah, not at all going over that and um and never like, you know, correcting if I went under it the day before or anything like yeah. that. Um I just put all of my attention and energy into a very strict calorie limit um and and in kind of like having my mindset on one thing um 
and that thing not being my serious relationship that I was in. Um, I ended up just being really careless with a lot of things. Um, And, you know, not that like being sick was an excuse because I did have like thoughts. I was a conscious person. um, And I like acknowledged that like it was, it was, it's on me just as much as it's on my eating disorder. Yeah. Uh, But I was just not a good girlfriend. Um, It wasn't, you know, going out and like, like making out with people or like, like actively physically cheating, but there was some like emotional um, betrayal. Um, And like, once I started school, like there was like this cute boy in my art class that I was trying to pretend like it wasn't a big deal, but it was. And um, I would just get really kind of dismissive of the way that I was making my boyfriend feel. Um, And like, we had been going to therapy together um, but we just had terrible boundaries and we're really codependent. Um, and I was still just so absorbed in, in my eating disorder and weighing and counting and measuring and, yeah. um, you know, like I would never let him make me dinner um, yeah, because I didn't trust him. Um, we went out to like to restaurants very rarely Um, And I would always get the same thing if we did go out. Um, We ended up moving in together August of 2022. Um, And that was really good in a lot of ways and really bad in a lot of ways. Um, And so it it took me quite a while to kind of get my shit together. And by that point, like there had already been enough trauma and damage that like neither of us knew how to deal with. Yeah. Um, and so, um, like eventually we, we had taken like a, a week or so of a break to kind of collect our thoughts. And yep. over that, this was in January of this year, um, over that week, um, I was just home alone at my parents while they were on vacation, like hanging out with the cats. Yeah. Um, and I was doing like an art project or something and I was watching Hairspray. Um, oh yeah and um and you know I've always loved that musical in particular I think the songs are super fun um I like a lot about it but I didn't really um think about it much and it's kind of funny that hairspray is the thing that got me um it's really funny yeah like after doing four years of treatment I watched hairspray um and and, like really like I was kind of just singing along having a good time um And then like, it kind of hit me that really like the main kind of plot of Hairspray is um, Tracy, the main character Mm -hmm. is, is this adorable, like fat high schooler um, that totally loves herself. She like, she loves to dance. She loves like, she she just got her things that she loves and she's like, um, she loves food and she loves to sing and dance and there are so many things in the way of her doing that but she's like I'm not going to change what I look like and who I am because I know I'm a damn good dancer um and she like gets into she gets on this like tv show um for like dancers it's like a local Baltimore like teenagers dance and it's it's a thing um and then kind of over the course of the movie, it's set in the 60s, 
Um, and so there's a lot of like civil rights things going on. Um, you know, like this TV show doesn't allow any black people except once a month. Um, they have Negro Day where the black yeah. people and the white people are separated by a rope and yeah. like the black people get a dance and the white people. But um, but yeah, so Tracy um, befriends this this black guy and his kind of group of people um, when she goes to detention one day because um, the black kids are always in detention <laughs> and she's uh, she gets to know them and um, you know they they dance together and dancing is kind of the main the main concept of hairspray um but um she you know for all the like love of dancing that she has and she has this cute little crush at school um and she's trying to you know like impress the people who don't want her to be dancing on the show and she's trying to impress this guy that she likes um and just do the things that are like her dream um you know she wants to be like a famous dancer singer performer um but then like there's a moment in in the show where like um the they're like closing down negro day that like once a month thing that they do and so like it's just kind of a big step of like black people are not allowed on tv yeah um, and so they so they go march they go they go protest um and tracy is like right at the front she's she's white I don't know if I established that. Tracy's yes. white. Um, and she she's right at the front with everybody, like speaking up about like, this is not okay. Like integrate TV, integrate everything. Like there's no reason for us to keep being racist. This is silly. Yeah. Um, and she, she, um, she, she just gets in trouble for being there. They don't want the protest to be happening. Um, and she doesn't really want them to not care right um and so she kind of makes a big deal out of it and gets in trouble with the law um and puts like her whole dream like the dream of her life at risk um and like her relationship at risk and really like she gets in legal trouble like she's threatened to go to like jail um and she's she's like no I don't care like I I know that I'm a good dancer I know that there are so many people that don't want me to dance because I'm fat um and because I am like pro-integration and like I hang out with black people and she's she's just got like all these things in her way and she doesn't care because she knows what she does care about and what matters to her mm-hmm. and she's willing to like sacrifice the things that she really like wants for the things that really matter yeah um so I I don't know that I'm sure, you know, Hairspray is not that uncommon of a musical, but um, just kind of watching that and like toward the end, I was just crying my eyes out because um, I just kind of, it really hit me that like, like I, I care so much about equal rights, about feminism, like I'm, I hate capitalism, I hate the man, I hate corporations, <laughs> like there are so many things that I want to be more active in um and the fact that I'm letting weight get in the way of that is like just goes against everything and I had you know had similar moments and conversations before um but something about watching Hairspray just made it click for me yeah Um, 
which is which is really crazy. Like I remember calling my parents like, are you sitting down? Because you're not going to believe what I'm saying right now, but I'm actually going to s- stop with this eating disorder thing now. Um, and it was really just overnight. That's um, it was so unexpected. Yeah. Um, and um, I really just never thought that would happen. Yeah. Um, like I just always thought that like I would be sick for my whole life and that would just be something that I had to deal with. And I mean, obviously it's not like I'm like fully recovered now doing great. Like I still definitely have a lot that I need to work on, but like just kind of from that moment, like I deleted my fitness pal right then and, um, just started paying a lot more attention to my like cravings and hunger cues and, um, was just eating a lot more than I would have normally been okay with because I was just like, well, this is what my body wants. And I'm not going to say no body. Sorry, we're done. Yeah. Cause it's not my decision. Um, and so it was really kind of crazy. Um, and like my body had a hard time adjusting to like eating a good amount of food. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I wasn't like at times I would have like the urge to, to purge or to like binge to the point of like discomfort. Um, and then to like, you know, if I ate a lot on one day, I'd be like, okay, well that was kind of a lot yesterday. Yeah. Um, but I was able to talk myself out of it really quick. Um, and just kind of just keep going. Um, and so, you know, I mean, that didn't save my relationship. It didn't, um, you know, I had failed all of my classes the previous semester. Um, literally all of them. I was taking five classes and the highest grade was a D plus. Um, like I, I was still really struggling in school and, um, my boyfriend and I did end up breaking up anyway. Um, and that was really hard, but something that I've been, you know, normally I would cope with not eating or eating a lot and throwing up or sleeping all the time or exercising or whatever Yeah, to do. Um, but I just didn't. Um, yeah. And that just was totally mind blowing to me. Yeah. Um, and like, even, you know, I'd get into like these really big depressive slumps and that's kind of the, been the lingering thing for me. Um, like in a lot of ways, my eating disorder was a coping mechanism for how depressed I was. Yeah. Um, which did not help. It was not oh. a good, not a good coping skill. In any yeah. <laughs> um, but um, like that kind of came back and I um, have since been, you know, I've done more ketamine treatments, which are really helpful. That's really kind of the only thing that works consistently. Yeah. Um, I'm on a pretty hefty cocktail of medications. Um, I meet with my therapist every, at least every two weeks. Um, she's a wizard. <laughs> she, awesome. um, and I, you know, I've had so many therapists over all of my treatment stays and different yeah. levels of treatment and different places. Like I've had a lot of therapists, yeah. um, but this, this lady, her name's Amy, Amy Hadfield. Um, she is an experiential therapist. Oh, um, cool. She works out of Salt Lake. And so it's not a lot of like sit down talk therapy. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. I've kind of done that. Yeah. Um, but Amy does a lot with like, kind of getting past the like the like frontal like conscious part of your brain and getting back into the 
the subconscious, you know, a lot of like the, the body keeps the score. Yes. Kind of stuff sure. where, like, um, like deep down somewhere, like in, in your heart, in your mind, in your physical body, like, you know, what's wrong, even yeah. if you can't like consciously conjure up, like, this is what's going on for me. This is where my problem is. Yeah. But if you're able to do, you know, like psychodrama or you're able to, um, kind of make art about it or like sand tray therapy is a popular kind yeah. of experiential thing. Um, just all kinds of things like that. Like if you're able to externalize it in sort of a kind of a mindless way where you just sort of let your like intuition make the decisions, yeah. um, then you're able to connect a lot deeper. Um, and I just, I don't really get it. I don't know yeah. how to like explain how it works, but it is totally magical um, and has totally changed the game for me. So I'm definitely still, um, still working on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am still really depressed all the time. And if I, um, you know, if I'm not really like vigilant about, you know, keep keeping up on eating and having a bunch of snacks available all the time and yeah. Um, on like a I'm on a really bad sleep schedule anyway um, but like you know as long as I am sleeping at least a little bit every night and I'm taking a shower and brushing my teeth like I have to be really intense about that um, yeah. but I'm definitely in a lot better habits than I ever thought I would be Good. Um, yeah and so it's <laughs> it still is kind of like unbelievable to even be talking about it oh I'm um, sure yeah, because I just never, you know, like two years ago, I, um, right before I went into Eden, um, like I was wearing like sweatshirts and sweats in the middle of the summer because I was so cold I couldn't move. And I was like crying my eyes out for hours because my mom was making rice in the kitchen and I could smell it. Um, and I, like, I was just, I was so terrified of food and I was so terrified of like acknowledging my body or feeling my body and like my clothes didn't fit and I didn't like want to go buy clothes because I knew I wasn't healthy yeah. um, but like, my clothes were just like falling off of me um and I had just kind of accepted like I'm never gonna be okay yeah this is this is just it like this like fear that I feel like I just did not believe that it would be possible to get away from that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, not just like two years ago, but like all of the, all of the times that I've been so unwell um, yeah. over the last six years. Yeah. Um, it's, I just, I didn't think that I would be able to do it. And now it's like almost second nature. That's awesome which is so mind-blowing like literally just saying that out loud I'm like ah, oh, what <laughs> yeah that's I, amazing yeah it's so it's so mind-blowing um but it's it's pretty cool um so yeah I don't know I I remember like getting really frustrated about um you know like I I really appreciate a lot of like recovery um like accounts or like messages and things like on social media that's always been really helpful for me but I've also been like well fuck you guys yeah. <laughs> um especially because like a big part of my mindset around it was like I chose this 
I wanted to have an eating disorder more than anything in the whole world. I put all my heart, my mind and strength into, into being very, very sick. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't want to get rid of it. It wasn't like, oh, you didn't choose to have an eating disorder, but you can choose to recover. I was like, no, I did choose to have an eating disorder and I choose to not recover. Yeah. Um, and so, so like, I really, like, I don't really understand why, um, why it clicked now. Yeah. Like a couple months ago. Um, cause I was still so adamant that I would never get better and I would never want to get better. And I would just learn to manage it so that I wasn't almost dying, but so that I could still spend all my time counting my calories and never eat anything scary and never gain any weight and just keep things under control. Mm -hmm. Um, But then something, something clicked. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that I could say that there's like, you know, this, like all this hard work that I did to like, you know, I decided that I wanted to get better. And so I was going to like work really hard and I had all these things in the way. It's like, I really didn't want to. Yeah. Until I finished hairspray. That's <laughs> like, so funny. It's so weird. Yeah. And like you had told me any, at any time in the last six years that this is, that that is what would do it. I would just be super sick. And then one day I would watch hairspray and I would be better after that. Like I, I would laugh in your face. Uh, yeah, and, I'm sure. And, tell you to get the fuck out of my way like I I was not at all also sorry if your podcast is clean. you're fine I just okay. explicit if that's what happens here I'll okay get- cool cool um so um yeah I I don't know like I would not have believed it even like in December yeah or like the beginning of January or a couple days before I watched hairspray like it it was not like a gradual like I'm getting better. I'm feeling good about this. It was a good and, slap in the fl- face. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Good. good. Yeah. So I I don't know that that was kind of my story. I guess like it's not really over for sure. I have a lot. Oh no, yeah. Yeah, and we all do. But it, thank you for being brave enough to share because I'm sure that there are people out there that are struggling and that are like exactly how you are. Just. Mm -hmm. I chose this eating disorder. I chose to be this way because I wanted it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I'm sure that there's other people that are going to need to hear what you have to say. So thanks for sharing. Yeah, Yeah. no, thank you. I've never like talked about it on like social media or anything. Like all my friends know, because all of my friends are from treatment, (laughs) but like it's never been something that I've talked about because I feel like I'm kind of a weird case. Uh, Which is great. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, so I, it probably would have been nice to hear someone like me talking yes. about. This, so well, I appreciate it, Chloe. Yeah, I'm so thank you for the too. Thank you. You bet. You bet. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Beyond the Mirror Women Embracing Self Love and Healing podcast. We are so grateful you were here. If you or anyone you know has struggled with an eating disorder or body image issues or is currently struggling and would be willing to share their experience and maybe get a little bit of help along the way, please drop your information below as I'm sure other people can learn from your story too. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode.